The moon is full over the Silver River. For the first time in ages, as the tide recedes, the sound of a flute echoes over the area. One by one, they emerge from the cave, dressed in layers of seawater-soaked silks embroidered with gold. One in violet, one in blue, in teal and green and yellow and orange. Six beauties wade through the ocean to approach the Silver River in the city of Chelris, moving as one being and staring around at the world again. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm your host, your king, your season one villain. It's me, Cat. Oh, damn. That's right. Does this mean you're not the villain for season two? Is is Kirsten the villain for season two? I mean, I'm always the villain. <laughs> Briefly, she was. Um. Yeah, that had an arc one thing. There's a lot of shifting like loyalties going on in season two. <laughs> Briefly, she was the villain, so you're not wrong. With me today, I have Kirsten. It's me. I'm not anyone else. I'm I'm me, and I'm here. Oh, yeah. You would be terrible at being someone else. Yeah, yeah, I really would. Even if I try to, like, think of, like, oh, what would it be like to be... It always ends up just being... Me, but a different me, but me. Yeah. yeah. Kirsten had one of those WWJD bracelets and she was like, what would Jesus do? Get another coffee. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what it means, right? (laughs) Speaking of getting another coffee, it is Nick. Hi, I'm, I'm actually not getting another coffee just yet, but I will soon. I know. And you can't stop me. I know. I know. It'll be decaf because it's too late in the day for regular coffee. Yeah. We're old, Nick. I mean, coffee always did this to me, but yes, you Mm, are correct. Yeah, Yeah, this is correct. Someone no one can stop. It's Kathleen. Hi there. Hi. And special guest with us to reprise their season two role just in time for the end of season two. It is a Dylan. Hello. I'm currently pursuing my doctorate in anime OPs. How's everybody doing? Wonderful. I'm very excited for you to receive your doctorate. Then I can be Dr. Body Pillow Beast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that'll be, I mean, that'll be great. I'm very excited for you. Thank you. I appreciate the support. I'm going to weep at your graduation ceremony. <laughs> Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party returned to Dunbarrow to bring... Fulquin, her staff back, which they had retrieved from the chosen emperor. While there, they found Theo, newly returned from a visit to his departed mother and softened by the experience, but still Theo. They encountered Fulquin and Rada at the cave of the Lady of the River's Origin, playing board games. And being as it was late, and they hadn't told anyone where they were going, so they did get scolded for that. Everyone returned to the monastery at Dunbarrow to pass the night. Where, of course, they're welcome. They're friends, after all. And I would like to start at approximately 4.30 in the morning. Because I'm a morning person. Is that true? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's extraordinarily true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Kathleen is, is the night owl. Yeah. Sometimes we're awake at the same time. <laughs> Actually, I don't, I don't know. Dylan, are you a morning person or are you a night owl? 
Where do you fall on this spectrum? Me personally, as a human being? Yes. I live in the lovely middle area of not really being a morning person, but having an aggressive internal clock that will wake me up at about 5 a.m. every single day, regardless of how little sleep I got. Oh, yes. Oh, that is aggressive. Kirsten is a never person. I have an optimal time between noon and four, and then (laughs) 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 that's my my range. (laughs) That's your range. But it is about 4.30 in the morning, and there is a little lad just kind of quietly moving around the monastery. Uh, At first, Sot woke up because he had to use the restroom, as will happen. But he found he could not sleep, as will happen, I guess. So he left the room he shared with his captain, Dad, and started quietly exploring the place. Not even the arcanists were up when he started exploring. But one by one, he sees people dressed in simple robes emerging from their rooms and going about their business. All of them look like he does, bleary-eyed and a little confused. He eventually finds his way into Callum's study to see that the elder arcanist is already awake. At first glance, and to a child, it looks like he is studying. He has a book open in front of him. He's not looking at it. He's looking at nothing. Theo, it is 4.30 in the morning, and you are awake. Why, yes, I am. Are you habitually awake at this time of day? I think it comes and goes. Right now, so much has happened in the last 24 hours. All this new information from the gang has uh, left Theo with a lot to ponder and a lot of writing to do. He is uh, up late just journaling, writing everything about the experience, meeting back up with the lady at the river's origin, as well as everything regarding, you know, the staff, the dragon, all of this stuff, just documenting it thoroughly, comprehensively for hours. Mm. So you're still up at 4.30 rather than waking up at 4.30? Yes. When 4.30 in the morning arises, that is to say, as dawn approaches, you find yourself awake, awake. You had begun to get drowsy as the night had moved on, as it does. But 4.30 brings a strange alertness over you. And one by one, you hear the other arcanists waking up. You've lived in Dunbarrow. This is unusual. Usually life starts at the monastery in another hour at daybreak. And it's not daybreak yet. Daybreak themselves, it should be noted, is fast asleep in the stable. Thank you for the clarification. Yes. And it's the problem with dragons as a narrator is that they like simple names. And Callum welcomes little Sod into his uh, study. And Sod kind of pulls himself up onto a chair... Count thinks for a while, scans the many bookshelves, finds what he judges to be a relatively simple book on the subject of demon lore, because they're all on the subject of demon lore. Sorry, Sod. But one that will maybe be uh, easier for a young person to understand than his usual. Sot mostly looks at the pictures. And then he lifts his head as if hearing something far away. Callum stops too. And Theo, there is an unbearable sensation that something is desperate for your attention in this moment. 
Um, yeah, I fetch my coat, just throw it over my shoulders, and slip out of my bedroom with Ira, no doubt following close behind, and just start walking down the main hall of the monastery towards the front doors, kind of aimlessly, just letting that sensation take root, but still, I guess, a little on edge. Everywhere you look, the other arcanists in the monastery are up and about, and they have the peculiar expression of a rabbit that has been startled from its hiding place. They stand erect and stare into the distance. And as you hit the door of the monastery, you hear a voice that you may not have heard in a very long time, not literally. The screaming voice of the watcher on the mountaintop, of wailing Agrippina. They say the shackles are breaking. They scream. The shackles are breaking. And then silence. And that sensation ebbs away from you. Like low tide just drifts off you. Theo turns around, uh, having gotten fairly close to the front doors of the monastery, turns back and looks at some of the other arcanists that are in the halls and just... In his best attempt to conjure some level of authority and emulate his father to an extent, he just clears his throat. No idle hands. We're going to stand around. We might as well make ourselves useful. And everyone else, as if, well, not as if, they've experienced the same thing you have. They know. They start moving. Some of them proceed to the library. Some of them start gathering gear to approach the mountain to ask the Daleth in person what it meant. Some of them, as it is their duty at the time, prepare breakfast. And now the monastery is bustling. Does this wake Cobtis and Penelope? I'm going to roll a sensitivity and see how deep Penelope is sleeping. Da, 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 da. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No, no, nothings. No. Penelope... Very sleep. Very deep sleep. Uh, it'll probably wake Cobb up. He usually gets up around six or so, or probably a little earlier whenever the sun comes up. He's probably in light sleep mode, so this kind of stuff would wake him up. Yeah. Tissa? Yeah, Tissa wakes up early, but I think that this is something that she doesn't notice. She has been up in lots and lots of spiritual energy lately, and this one just gives her a miss. Yeah. So Tissa's awake, but not with any particular weird feelings, just with the sound of people moving around her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gideon, I think, sleeps in. What was Theo about to do? Theo just checks in with some of the arcanists that are responsible for breakfast and other daily activities who might be a little bit more anxious, not being able to be proactive about the experience and just checks in and stops and speaks to each of them and just kind of reassures them to keep doing what they're doing and that they have their responsibilities. And that's what allows everyone else to act freely, given what has just happened and just does that on his way to Callum's study. Yeah. And in Callum's study, you see Cobb's little protege sitting at a desk with a book that he is not reading. And Callum sitting by the window, staring out the window with that fat one-eyed orange cat sitting on his lap. Oh, 
<clears throat> Any thoughts? I have one. It's not good. You? Not much better, I presume. Um. There is only one thing that we refer to as the shackle. The chains of obsession. Right. Right. I don't think you need me to tell you, but some are already preparing to begin hiking. Mm-hmm. I've considered it myself. It's been a while since I made that trip, but I think I still could. If we're right, the one thing that controls demon kind, I don't like it. I... I hope Agrippina has more information for us than that. I hope so as well. If I can speak frankly... Of course. I think you should stay here. Um, those who aren't going to make the journey, I think, would be more at ease with you here than if you left. I don't quite have the same quality about me, so it would be better if you stayed. And at this is uncharacteristically stiff expression softens and he gives one of his quiet little laughs. You're, you're right. For all your excellent qualities, and you have many, you are not necessarily approachable. Like, just in Callum saying your many good qualities, Thea just, like, cringes and, like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, flattered. <laughs> Um, and I appreciate the honesty. I agree with you completely. Oh, well, maybe more research will help anyway. It never hurts. Mm. He stops. And he looks over at Sot and says, You heard that, didn't you? And the little boy nods. I don't, I don't know what to make of it, but I did. Is that bad? Should I not have heard that? And Callum smiles and shakes his head. It's fine. It's fine. But this might not be a bad time to go find your captain. Right. And gratefully that he has been given an excuse not to try to read this, he closes the book and gets up and scurries back to the room he's been sharing with Cobb. No, oh, there you are. What's uh, oh. what's going on? Um, something weird is happening, Captain. Uh, there's this, um, I was awake, and I couldn't get back to sleep, and there was this voice saying the shackles are breaking, and um, the Arcanists say that it is bad, and that it's got something to do with demons. Why am I not surprised? All right, well, let's get everybody rounded up then. Well, I we can let Penelope sleep in a little bit, but... I sir. Go see if uh, Tissa and Gideon are up and have everybody come meet me in the mess hall. We'll have some breakfast and we'll figure out what to do. I sir. Any scampers to go get Tissa and Gideon? Gideon is just sound asleep. <laughs> it's just... But she eventually gets up. And the party gets together in the mess hall. Penelope can join us pretty much whenever she likes. 
Uh, when Sock kind of comes and starts waking people up, she does kind of groggily get herself out of bed. This isn't usual to have that happen, so she's kind of like, hmm. So she, yeah, she does rouse herself and follow everyone to the mess hall as well. Yeah. I imagine at some point Theo eats. Yes. Um, I think with the expectation that he might not have an opportunity to eat a full meal in the near future. So yeah, I think he heads to the mess hall right away to get a, a full stomach for whatever the next day is going to entail. Mm-hmm. And there's Cobb and Tessa and Gideon drift in and eventually Penelope joins them as well. Morning, Theo. Morning. Um, Coffee? Yes, that would be a great. Um, I presume that your small friend already gave you uh, the short version of this, but all of the Arcanists um, heard the Watcher's voice uh, early this morning, and it was not uh, good, I guess I'll say. Uh, it's Several of them, likely myself included, are planning to make a march up the mountain. Oh. Well, this is a big deal, then. Well, it's vague, and we don't like vague, so. Mm. What did Agrippina say? The shackles are breaking. That does sound bad. Yes, it, it doesn't exactly instill a great deal of um, ease. So, probably looking to... I'm not sure yet. Mm. How, how You said you're getting a team together. Do you know how many are going up the mountain? Ooh, I mean, less a team than people just taking it upon themselves to prepare for the journey, assuming that they're going to need to. Um, there will probably be some organization put to it here soon before anyone sets out. I hope no one's left yet. That would be probably ill-advised. Having the opportunity to travel as a group will be a little bit safer. Mm. I'm not really certain yet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these are arcanists. They've climbed the mountain before, and they know what it takes. <laughs> they know it takes preparation. So, I don't think anyone is left yet. Cobb gets back with coffee and just kind of looks at everyone and goes, and, well, and then turns to Theo. Do you need some help? Uh, and passes Theo a mug of coffee. Um, you know, given the circumstance, I, uh, I would not turn it down. Uh, certainly and eventually, Callum wanders in, just his usual Friar Tuck-ass self, gets a, a big breakfast and a bowl of, like, heavy monastery-style breakfast ale. Not a bowl, sorry, a, like a stein. Um, could I roll a sensitivity humanity, Penelope's, seeing how Sot is doing? Yeah. Uh, one success, one edge. One success and one edge is going to tell you that he is uncharacteristically pensive. Okay. He's uh, he's kind of in his own little world. Well, I actually have a question for you. Has Sot seen Penelope tend to Polly? Yeah, of course. He's always around the party. So I think while there's sort of a break in the conversation and Callum is collecting his meal, Penelope turns to Sot and... It looks like um, we may be heading off. Would you mind getting a head start on getting Polly up and about for me? Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. Any salutes? Uh, yeah, we'll do. Thank you. Here, and she passes a, an apple from the... She's going to want this. 
Yeah, uh, right. He takes the apple and scampers off. Oh. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Is it good? It doesn't seem like it's good for everyone. Mm. No, I'm afraid I was just making pleasantries, Sissa. Mm. Theo, no doubt, has caught you up. Yeah, problems with the boss. You need our help? Well, I don't suppose we'll need your help climbing the mountain. That's what we do best. Mm -hmm. Dragging you all up the last tooth may not be kind. I'm trying to figure out what we need to do. But your help in other areas may prove invaluable, I suppose. Sorry, I'm uh, still trying to sort through this, I think. And he gives a gentle smile and sits down with his breakfast. Has there been any other, um, anybody heard anything since? Or has it just been silence now? Mm -mm. It's been silence. It's usually silence. Last time I heard from Agrippina, I was very young. I see. Do you have an archive? Like, like, do you write down the thing that Agrippina said that they say to you? Well, normally Agrippina just calls us mm. and we go to see them. This is the first time Agrippina's done this. Oh. That any of us can recall. Really? They don't, they don't just call you up to talk about the weather? No. Just lucky, I guess. And Cobb <laughs> takes a big sip of coffee. Agrippina, by and large, leaves us alone. Hmm. Allow me to explain. Theo no doubt already has. How much do you know? Um, that the shackles are breaking mm. is what everyone heard. That's correct. Are you going to have to negotiate the things again like the first arcanist did? Here's the problem. We think what Agrippina means is the shackles of obsession. Mm -hmm. The first arcanist was able to negotiate with demons and broker a truce, but only because of the limits placed on their power by Agrippina. Uh, if those limits are removed, everyone's lives will get a lot harder. Mm -hmm. I mean, at that point, they'll just be us, but more powerful. Yeah, that's exactly what we need. A lot of petty tyrants with godlike powers. My thoughts exactly, Captain. Well, this is also a deity we're talking about. What's the timetable on this? Is this something that to them is immediate and for mm. us is a thousand years from now? Or is this something that has already happened? Well, that is a good question. Let's see. If the shackles were breaking... We would have noticed demons acting strangely. We would have noticed demons acting in ways that are not necessarily in line with their obsession. And he casts a meaningful look up at Theo. Have you observed anything unusual in my absence from the ambassador? We haven't seen our other visitor in the days since, and... What knowledge I do have of the lady at the river's origin is relatively thin. To speak to a change in behavior would be difficult, but not impossible. 
The ambassador has been her usual self, at least on the surface. But we had a negotiation with her, as we do regularly around here. We meet with the ambassador to just catch up, say hello. I thought I imagined it, but she seemed troubled. Is she even capable of seeming troubled? That's why I thought I imagined it. But if her obsession is breaking... This is why I hate matters of deities and demons. It mm. is so frustrating to feel like ants. Crawling mm. around on the ground, not knowing what's happening. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. Oh, um... Speaking of, of, of not knowing about things that we learned about recently, have you ever heard the name Juga before? No. Oh. Tissa sort of looks around a little bit like, I guess I'm the one who has to explain this thing. Yeah, Cobb just kind of tilts his mug at Tissa. Is, is that sort of like, go ahead? Yeah, Gideon gives a nod like, mm-hmm, it's time for this. Uh, there was an eighth one? There was an eighth day left. Sorry, what? My my apologies. There was an eighth day left. An eighth one. And he's in a ton of pieces now. And his name was Juga. You do not finish this sentence before Callum has the notebook and pen out. <laughs> Theo holds up his hand. He's like, I no, I I already got that part. Um Um oh. I was waiting to see if, um, no offense to any of you, whether they were full of shit or not, mm. because it was really just a story. But, you know, um, now, since it seems like the entire world is just losing its fucking mind. Um, <laughs> well, you don't have to ask us. You could ask Folk when that staff we brought her is a piece of him. No, I I understood that part. Uh, and again, I, I not that I distrust what you're telling me, but... From my experience, people tend to only have pieces of the whole story. I was going to allow, ideally, more information to come to light. See what you did there? It wasn't intentional. I don't really have a good sense of humor. I think you've probably picked up on. Um, <clears throat> I was hoping that with a little bit of time, I'd be able to glean a little more information from you and then decide for myself whether or not I thought that what you were saying was the whole reality of the situation. Um... I'm a lot more willing to just kind of take it at face value now. Tissa nods like, yeah. No, I thought it was kind of a big deal. And, and yeah. Mm. This seems like a big deal. Oh, hey. Hey, Tissa. Hey. Mm -hmm. Remember when we were talking with that guy who had sometimes two legs and sometimes four legs? Uh-huh. Theo just yeah. turns this, like extremely slow turn with this very very confused like furrowed brow desperate to know what that means he, um he, he was a greater demon theo yeah we negotiated with a noble demon yeah to let us take a piece of juga back away from where he had been collecting him. But he was obsessed with collecting them, right? Yeah. But he let us take one? Oh. He did let us take one after we specifically got Juga to tell him to. Um, wait. 
Yeah, as soon as Tissa finished her sentence, she like has sort of been like both hands on her forehead, leaning elbows on the table, like, oh. Callum is frantically writing. He picks up his beer in his off hand. <laughs> he does not take his eyes off the page. He does that weird thing where you try to drink while still looking down at something. Cobb is like sipping his coffee and staring over the top of it and just kind of goes, crew, crew, did we, did we break something? <laughs> I do not want to give you credit for potentially breaking the rules of our entire known world just uh, yet, but we'll put that firmly in the category of maybe. Mm. Maybe. The bed here is nice. <laughs> so does that mean the piece of Juga has to go back? No, I, I think the problem is about what the demon stopped wanting. About what the demon stopped wanting. It's... Um, sorry. Um, my, my, my apologies, Callum. When faced with an issue of manners or note-taking, seems conflicted. This is a difficult choice. It's a difficult choice for Callum, but eventually he... He doesn't set his pencil down, but he does look up. My apologies. Um, basically, I think what I'm hearing is that you successfully convinced a demon to behave in a way that was directly contradictory to its obsession? Well, we don't deserve all of the credit. Again, a... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not... Uh, this isn't an accusation. I'm just saying... The fact that a demon was persuaded to act in a way directly against its obsession is... And he stops and he thinks and he furrows his brow and he stares into the middle distance. Unprecedented? I'm struggling for precedent. I mean, even just trying to keep this one alive last time nearly cost me my own life and Theo gestures to Penelope. Mm. There was no negotiation in that matter. It... Mm. Penelope turns bright red. Mm. Yes. No, no, no. Well, and then you decided that we needed to kill one, so that doesn't happen, I think, either. That is also likely, I'm sure not unprecedented, but unprecedented in my records. Mm. Un unprecedented in substantiated records. There are unsubstantiated, very, very old records that imply that noble demons have died before. Mm. But in the, the realm of legend, um, which I understand is not perhaps necessarily very helpful in this moment. The obsession is powerful. I, when I felt the, the Duke, it kept getting stronger. Um, it's a very, very powerful thing. Uh, so I guess it is strange that one would go against. For demons, it is unheard of, my dear Penelope. Hmm. <sighs> Which means maybe the shackles are breaking. And he starts tapping his pencil against the table rhythmically. I think our brethren are correct and that we need to send people up to speak with Agrippina directly. I have a concern about that. Oh, if all of the demons do different things, then 
than before, that's a problem. Hmm? I- I'm sorry, Mr. Sir. Could, could you perhaps elaborate? Oh, if, if, um, all of the demons on the pilgrimage route, if they're different, then that's scary. Very. Very, you're absolutely correct. He goes back to tapping. It is said that Agrippina once had the power to put this shackle on them when they were awake. But the Daleths are asleep. My concern is can sleeping Agrippina do the same? He's still tap, tap, tap. And now he's kind of started nodding his head along with the tapping, staring into the middle distance. The other thing I'm wondering is, is there anyone strong enough that would be able to break the shackles in the first place? Or is it just Agrippina's hold is weaker? I don't know. I don't know, Miss Penelope. Penelope sinks farther in her chair. Well, uh, immediate concerns. We should get eyes on the ambassador for any changes in behavior. Mm. If the slipping of their obsessions continues or increases, it could put the village at risk and danger. Mm. If her behavior becomes too unpredictable, we should make sure that we know where she is and what she's doing in case we need to get people out of town. Also, we should reconsider how long we should be preparing before sending anyone up the last tooth. If, in fact, the behavior of the demons along the journey has changed, we can't rely on any current knowledge, at least not too much, at risk of getting ourselves into something we can't get out of. Right. I think at this point, Fulquin pokes her little head around the corner. Um, hi everyone. Um, I am, everyone's really, um, nervous. Oh, good morning, Fulquin. Cobb. Morning, Cobb. How are you? I guess I'm okay, but, um, Cobb motions to the rest. Well, everyone seems a little down. I, I think we may have poked a hole in something we shouldn't have when we got got your rock back. Oh, God. Probably not. Um, also, he's my friend. Well, we got your friend back. Thank you. So that's actually something I'd like to, um, perhaps now, Callum, since you're here, um, you might want to mm-hmm. hear more about this. I apologize. Um, we haven't really, um spoken at length until now. Can you please tell me about uh, your friendship with the broken pieces of a uh, forgotten god, maybe a little bit? Oh, yes. Um, well, once I was out on a walk and I saw a rock and it wanted me to pick it up. So I did. And it said that it wanted to help me take care of people and that the people needed someone to look out for them and that it would help me. So I picked it up, and I took it back with me, and it helps me to help people. And so I made this staff to hold it safely, and he is my friend, and his name is Juka. And um, together, I was going to be a queen, but I don't want to do that because it's a lot. And 
Juga thinks that maybe we should have queens and kings and things instead of nobody, but I'm not sure about that. And anyway, it's a lot of work. So Rada decided we would go on an adventure instead. And so we went to go see the world, but then the Chosen Emperor came and he hurt Rada and Daybreak a lot. And he took, he took my staff away and he left. And then Cabentus and Penelope went to go talk to the Chosen Emperor and brought my staff back. And that's what happened. Theo is just staring at Callum with this like blank forced smile like, yeah, so what do you make of any of that? <sighs> so I presume that is why you came here wanting to learn more about demons. Mm-hmm. Because the, the demon took my staff and hurt my friends. And I wanted to find out why in case he kept trying to hurt us. I see. So, you came to a monastery to study with the Arcanists to hope to understand this chosen emperor. This is... Hmm, a lot. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing, um, personally. Um, Wait, is that what you meant? And he turns and he looks down at his cat and his familiar looks up from his lap and twitches an ear at him. Wait, is that what you meant? Damons! You could have just said so. The cat ignores him. Well, and bad news for everyone involved, but just about every piece of conventional knowledge about demons in this monastery will become utterly useless um, if uh, what we think is happening uh, happens. Um, I wanted to see everyone because I'm gonna um, go. We're gonna go. Um, um, yeah. Where are you going to go? And Fulquin straightens up. I am going on a pilgrimage. You've been called. Well, I got called when he asked me to pick him up. Mm. Where does he want to go? He's out in the desert, right? Mm-hmm. In a high place in the desert, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going. And I'm going to see the rest of him. And I don't know what's going to happen, but he seems lonely, even though he has the Emperor there. Also, I'm going to give the Emperor a piece of my mind. I see. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to tell everyone we're going, so that I can go find the rest of Juga and yell at a demon. And as Fulquin is finishing the statement, Penelope gets up and... Grabs her in a big hug. Oh, Penelope. Rada and Daybreak are going with you, right? Of course. <laughs> you know, Rada, they wouldn't stay back even if I told them to. That um, is true. <laughs> that is true. We've been there before. We know how to get there. Oh. We were just there. That's where we found your stuff. Oh. Oh, did we not talk about this really? We probably should have done that. No, it was late. We were all sleepy. Oh. Because I was out all day mm -hmm, playing mm -hmm. board that, games. Yeah, yeah. With a nice lady. And Callum kind of stops, slowly blinks. It, it was a busy day. <sighs> My dear pupil, 
Which nice lady were you playing board games with? <laughs> yeah, Theo kind of just puts a hand up. It, it's, um, don't, again, I have it all written down. I'll fill you in. Um, I do want to make note <laughs> that when Falkwin says that she's going to go yell at a demon, Theo gives this face like, who yikes, been there. <laughs> don't know if I would recommend. <laughs> yeah, not, not a great idea. <sighs> okay, so we're going to go. You're all wonderful. Theo, it's been very nice to meet you. Uh, likewise, I uh, I apologize that I wasn't more um, cordial while you were here. That's okay. It's all right. Don't push yourself. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for everything you taught us, Mr. Callum. Well, me... Rada didn't learn anything. Don't tell them I told you. <laughs> I can't say I'm surprised. They weren't paying attention. Well, this doesn't seem like their kind of place, and Cobb <laughs> is mostly looking at all of the books everybody has. <laughs> right? <laughs> Cobb and Tiss and Penelope, thank you so much for bringing my friend back. Well, now, now you've got two friends. Yeah. Aww. Cobb, I know you don't like it when people are in charge of other people. I know that's not a thing you like. And don't worry. Even though I'm going on a pilgrimage, I'm not going to come back a tyrant, I promise. Well, good. I'll hold you to it. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone. Take no. care. Oh. Hmm? Bye. Tisa? Why are you leaving? Um, we're not ready to go yet, and it's gonna be better for, um, Jem um, if this is a he doesn't have to fly all the way. Oh, it's gonna be a long trip. But this is a pilgrimage. I can't make you all take me. I've got my dragons. I'll be okay. I guess my biggest worry is if Daybreak gets really mad at the Emperor. Hmm. But Daybreak has a better control over their emotions than they think. They can be very grown up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they want to. <laughs> Only when they want to. <laughs> but that's what I love about my dragons. They do whatever they want to. And so should you. <laughs> right. Right. I'm going on an adventure. Again. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. No, seriously. We do, we do a lot of stuff. If we wouldn't do it. Yeah, you do so many things. Don't just. Like that time you yelled at Daybreak a lot. We didn't kill that much. They're still mad about that. Well. Cobb. Tell them I am sorry for yelling at them. <laughs> I will. Okay, bye, everybody. But I'm not sorry for yelling at the Chosen Emperor. Callum kind of slowly turns to look at Cobb. Theo has basically been staring at at Callum for reactions throughout that conversation. Yeah. I mean, Callum is very restrained and has kind of subtle expressions. But you've spent enough time around Callum to notice when he is perplexed and upset and confused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Theo is just staring at the mention of 
oh, my my dragons, and just the, every bit of it. I thought she meant colloquially. That is perhaps the most uh, utterly uh, baffling person I have ever met. <laughs> well, so, some people are going to have to go up the mountain to see what is going on with Agrippina. Given what I've literally just heard in the past couple moments, I do not think you should go. Oh, sorry, I was addressing that to uh, to Captain Cobbler. Mm. I do not think it is a good idea for you to do this. Because of the yelling at the demons part. And Cobb looks, he's trying to not look sheepish, but he's doing a very bad job of it. I have a proposal. Mm-hmm. If the three of you, four of you, uh, my apologies, Miss Guy is merciful. Um, five of you, my apologies, Mr. Sot, would like to help. Uh, we would welcome your assistance. I have an idea. I have a bizarre idea. Our strange friend has just made me think of something. There is a dragon in the world who is said to be the oldest child of Agrippina. Oh. Old texts say the two are quite close. If my hunch is correct and Agrippina needs to be awakened, we may require assistance. Failing that, we humans might not be able to help the sleeping Agrippina restore the shackle of obsession. But perhaps Agrippina's own kin could. Who are they? Where are they? I know why. How are they? Do we know how are they? I I hope they're doing well. Mm. It is said they reside deep in the Velt, in the old capital. Oh, that place again. Again? Again? Long story from another life. Mm. Tissa is blinking rapidly. It is a long shot. I can't recommend your usual means, but it may be a way you can help without actively participating in negotiations with unshackled demons. Mm. At the mention of unshackled demons, Penelope kind of shudders a bit and then goes back to looking at her drink. Wow, that's a really long way into the vault. I've never been that far. Well, it's probably for the best that we got away from demons for a little bit, isn't it? And Cobb looks at Sot. Sot is nodding vigorously like, yeah. Yeah, I think we can sit this one out. All right. If you would, I don't know whether or not it will be needed, but it's a way that you can help while not being involved with the demons. Theodore. Callum. I would ask you to head the expedition to the peak. Oh. Oh. You've recently come back from the tundra. Your survival skills are probably in better shape than ours. The demons are one thing. The mountain is itself a thing, and I think you understand that better than our colleagues. Uh, if you... If you trust me to do so, then I will. Of course I do. Absolutely. I, and he puts away the rest of his beer and shoves back away from the table, knocking his 
irritated familiar to the ground. I need to go call upon a certain lady. Theo stands up following Callum and looks around the table at everyone. I really don't think I'm going to have time to prepare gifts for everybody before you all leave this time, but at the very least, and Theo turns to Tissa, we should probably get you familiar with that glaive. Tissa's eyes light up. Now I do believe it's memory time. My memory is Fulquin. <laughs> yeah, look at Fulquin being all like leadery. And yeah. like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to do it because I'm going to do it. That's what's happening. It's like, nice. Yeah. No, I, I just really enjoyed her handling Theo. <laughs> and Theo being baffled enough to be handled. <laughs> yeah. My memory was bullying Callum by forcing him to sit and listen to Falkland yeah, 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 recount all of this whack, <laughs> whack shit <laughs> that neither of them know what to do with. And that there is definitely going to be a conversation that happens between the two of them where both of them probably express immense frustration that they are not sending someone with this girl to document what the fuck this pilgrimage is. Yeah. Like... They're just, there's just no one going with to come back and tell us what happened. <laughs> they should probably send someone with. <laughs> Maybe. I think actually my favorite was, I really liked the foreshadowing that Sot can hear Agrippina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that we've kind of talked about privately, but I thought it would be really funny if uh, Sot were to grow up to become an arcanist because... His childhood was very marked by the intervention of demons in his in his little mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So I thought that this was, yeah, I, I, I had a great deal of fun foreshadowing that today. Mm-hmm. My other memory, I suppose, is that I had, oh man, like the title card popped in my head about the time that we started talking about demons acting strangely. The gang breaks reality. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. It was really entertaining to listen to you guys just like list off a couple, like start with one thing. And then it was like, oh, wait, but also this thing. And then also kind of (laughs) sort of this thing. And also, oh, shit. Now that you mention it, why was that so easy? Hold on. (laughs) Yeah. I was the lady at the river's origin just playing board games. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I caught that and made note of it earlier. Because Theo did think it was weird, but I didn't want to, like, draw too much attention to it. But yeah, I hope Agrippina and Juga aren't going to get mad at each other. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, probably not, though. Dale seem to be friends. Yeah, we don't know what happened to Juga, though. This is true. We did kind of ask Juga to break the thing that Agrippina was doing, though. Mm. Did we or did Juga want that? Well, that's a very good question. It is a very good question. Listener, if you have any very good questions, you can find, is that, Kathleen, are we going to cut that conversation? (laughs) I think we can keep it. I think you are, yeah. So thank you very much for joining us, listener. As always, if you want to get hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at PeachGardenRPGs, or you can use the email form on our website, sortofsymphonies.com, to get a hold of me, Kat. You can also find us on the Heroic Discord, which is pinned in our Twitter 
or on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network Discord, where you can hang out not only with us, but with our very cool network friends. And, listener, if you love Sword of Symphonies and you would like to support us, you can find a Ko-fi or a Patreon link on our website. I mentioned it earlier, it's swordofsymphonies.com. You can also go to peachgardengames.com, it'll go to the same place, and I'm not going to know which you use. If you would like to support us, but you do not want to do so monetarily, we get it. These are some times. Um, but leaving a rating or review would be a big help and help us to uh, find other listeners. And we love all of our listeners. If you are especially flush these days, which, hey, good on you, we also have a Dylan, and maybe you can support them. And Dylan, where can they support you? Me? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked, Nick. It's very kind of you. You can find me on Twitter at lasers with a Z underscore forever, where I uh, will retweet anime gifts and then also talk about anime because I am a doctor in anime. I actually okay. managed to finish my doctorate over the course of recording. So thank you all. That's why if it sounded Woo! like I was crying during that yeah. narration, I was just yes, so proud. Mm-hmm. Thank you all very much. It's, uh, it's yes, an congratulations. honor. Congratulations. I appreciate it. Um, you can also follow uh, stuff that I do with Kat in our other actual play. You can find any updates regarding that at at TFTT Presents on Twitter as well. And TFTTPresents.com. Yeah. Oh, hey, also, at some point, there's going to be another podcast. Hey, listener. Coming pretty soon. Roar to Heaven. It is a podcast. We're playing Blazing Him. It's a game I wrote. Dylan's in it. It's not like sort of symphonies. There's a lot more violence and a lot more cruelty. But if that's your jam, I hope to see you there. It's an excellent show. I can attest. I was there. So you should definitely check it out. It's going to be great. I think that's all of our business. Did we do all our business, team? I think that's it. We had a lot of business this week. God, we had so much business this week. Listener, thanks you for being here for the list. And listen to the business. Thanks for being here for the listener, listener. Catch you listen next time. Hey, Kat, I just want you to know I'm really grateful that Callum uh, trusts Theo to make the journey to the up top. You fuck! <laughs> Got him. Bye, everybody. Bye. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. They may descend from their perfect heaven in their perfect choirs. They may rend us and tear us and dissolve our world into nothing with their holy harmony. But we will show them the music of war. We will be the ones to damn the angels. Roar to Heaven is a limited-run actual play series about Marcosia's team, a crew of young hymnal pilots struggling to find a future in a world besieged by the angels. Join Lin Flannery, Balthazar, and their commanding officer Mia as they wrestle with adolescence cut short by the apocalypse. Run by an award-winning crew and staffed by paid performers, Roar to Heaven is an experience unlike anything you've ever heard. 
We debuted June 2022. Join us on the front lines.